Hello and welcome to the Plaza Central podcast. Stay informed about Latin America's most pressing political, economic, and social developments. Plaza Central is a production of the Latin American program of the Woodrow Wilson International Center for Scholars. Hello and welcome to Plaza Central. I am your host, Benjamin Gadan. This year marks the bicentennial of the U.S.-Columbia relationship, which has remained remarkably strong and stable for decades. Beginning in the early 2000s, the United States began providing billions of dollars in foreign assistance and military aid in an historic initiative known as Plan Colombia. The sustained support improved security, strengthened the rule of law, and helped catalyze economic growth. Today, the United States and Colombia retain close bipartisan diplomatic and economic ties, and Colombia is arguably the most strategic U.S. ally in a volatile region. Is all of that about to change? In June of this year, Gustavo Petro won Colombia's presidential election, and in August, he was inaugurated as Colombia's first ever leftist leader. Petro's campaign platform advocated disorienting changes domestically and in foreign policy that could reshape the relationship with the United States. He criticized Colombia's U.S.-supported counter-narcotics strategy, called for a change in Colombia's approach to its authoritarian neighbor, Venezuela, and questioned the U.S.-Colombia Free Trade Agreement. Writing in our weekly Asado newsletter, Bogota-based analyst Theodore Kahn observed that Petro's, quote, approach could provoke tensions with Washington, though he added a major rupture in relations is unlikely. In this episode of Plaza Central, I am joined by William Brownfield, a former U.S. ambassador to Chile, Venezuela, and Colombia, and a former longtime assistant secretary of state for the Bureau of International Narcotics and Law Enforcement Affairs. Ambassador Brownfield is a distinguished fellow at the Wilson Center. We discuss the implications of Petro's presidency on the U.S.-Colombia relationship, including new opportunities for collaboration, such as on climate change. We also address the importance of this partnership to broader U.S. policy in South America. Ambassador Brownfield, as you know from years of personal experience, decades even, um, those that do diplomacy in Latin America have to be fairly nimble. Public policies, foreign policies tend to change dramatically over time, and the U.S. must adapt to that. That, however, has not actually been the case in the U.S.-Columbia relationship, including on security matters, for quite a while. Um, and I was wondering if you could maybe start our conversation by giving a little insight into that level of stability, how unusual it is, how important it has been, and then we'll get into how it might change and why we're not accustomed to having to be so versatile in how we relate to such an important partner in South America. I mean, Dr. T, I, I think your, your, your hypothesis is correct. Uh, the U.S.-Colombia relationship is, in fact, uh, a, a very stable uh, and a very secure and a very, uh, I would say, uh, serious uh, and, and deep bilateral relationship. Now, it's always been a good relationship, I would say, through most of the, uh, of the 20th century. Uh, but what happened to put us in this particular position, I would argue, uh, was Colombia reaching a point of crisis on three specific issues at the close of the last century. They were suffering from a security crisis to the extent that people in senior leadership positions in Washington were, were actually asking whether the FARC might win and whether the next government of Colombia might be a FARC government. There was a law enforcement crisis uh, in, in which 
the, the argument was that that Colombia was at risk of becoming a narco state, a, a country whose government was controlled or influenced by narcotics trafficking organizations. And finally, an economic crisis. Uh, in 1999, Colombia was entering its third consecutive year of recession and negative economic growth, something that had never happened in modern Colombian history. And at that time, I would suggest, as Colombia and its government reached out uh, to, to the entire international community, uh, asking for support, asking for help uh, to address three, if you will, kind of sovereignty-threatening realities, one and only one nation stood up and marched to the plate. And I honestly believe that the Colombian people remember this to this day, the concept of, of Plan Colombia, the concept of, of first addressing the security threat, then the criminal threat, and, and then developing uh, the economy to such an extent that Colombia today, instead of being a nation in crisis, is one of the leaders uh, of, of, of all of Latin America and certainly all of South America. To that extent, the relationship has been different between the United States and Colombia than any other country in the Western Hemisphere. Yeah, so I, mean, I think what you observe is absolutely right. We've just celebrated this bicentennial 200 years of U.S.-Colombia relations that, at least in Washington, has brought a lot of attention to um, certainly the, the recent period that you've alluded to in U.S.-Colombia ties. Um, Right now, however, there does seem to be some reconsideration of the relationship in various aspects, including pillars of our ties. Um, the Colombian Truth Commission's initial report has come out and it has been critical in some regards of our security cooperation with Colombia. And, and most of all, the Colombians have just elected an individual who's reconsidering the free trade agreement between the United States and Colombia. Some of the core elements of the counter-narcotics strategy that was developed bilaterally and, and pursued with, with much success over time, but certainly without complete success. Um, and, you know, I think we're at a moment where Widely, it's believed that the relationship might be changing, focusing on different elements, perhaps climate change, perhaps implementation of the peace agreement and less on, on direct law enforcement cooperation. I guess before we get into how the relationship might develop, I'm wondering, given what you've just described, that history, why should it change at all? Why did Colombians elect an individual who has very different views for how Colombia and the United States should interact? I mean, my, my simple 10-word answer to the question would be, uh, that the Colombian democracy has matured to such an extent, uh, to such an extent uh, that in the year uh, 2022, uh, for the first time uh, in, in, in at least modern Colombian history, that in a free, open, democratic election, the Colombian people uh, could elect a, a, a candidate of the left. We, we have not had to deal, by definition, we have not dealt with this situation before uh, in the in the U.S.-Columbia relationship, uh, not only in recent years, but in my entire lifetime. And I have recently moved into my eighth decade. Thank you. That means I'm 70, by the way, not that I'm 80. Uh, and, and that goes back quite a ways when, when this sort of sort of situation has not been uh, has not been an issue in the U.S.-Columbia relationship. I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to require, uh, I think, some careful thinking by both sides, because I believe both government uh, as they as they look to their vision. So as we as we consider the results, do believe and will continue to believe that it is in our national interest 
that we maintain uh, this special bilateral relationship. Colombia is an extremely important country uh, for the United States of America. And I would like to believe that, that, that for Colombia, the United States of America is a, a, a serious partner uh, and, uh, and, and counterpart. Results of an election that has occurred for the first time uh, in 24 years, perhaps, not being focused on just security as the driver, the first election in 20 years in which people named Uribe or Santos have not been the drivers behind uh, the electoral process and the campaigns, an election in which instead of security, economic and social and even environmental issues uh, have been driving the vote and, and, and the campaigns and, and the election rhetoric. Uh, this is all for the first time in the, in the course of this century. Uh, and we're now in the 22nd year of this century. It, it, we're not just starting this century. So I, I would suggest to you uh, that both governments are going to look at not only what are the potential trouble points uh, in, in this potential relationship uh, as Gustavo Petro takes over the presidency, but also what are the possible opportunities? Uh, what, what is it that a, a, an administration of Joe Biden, Democrat, who I believe would proudly identify himself as a center-left president of the United States by U.S. standards, uh, where are the areas of opportunity as well as where are the issues that could be troublesome or problematic? as we move into this bilateral relationship of President Petro and President Biden. You have been listening to Plaza Central, a podcast about Latin America's most pressing political, economic, and social developments. This episode was produced and edited by Oscar Cruz. To learn more about our program, please visit wilsoncenter.org slash LAP. Please join us next time for another episode of Plaza Central.